Hi, this is Dr. Mini Malhotra and welcome to The Better Prescription. As a physician, I've always wanted to help people understand that there is a better way of taking care of their health away from prescriptions and procedures. And this podcast is a tool that will help and guide you towards a natural root cause approach which can not only prevent disease but also reverse them to if not to advance. So this podcast is not a replacement for medical advice, professional medical advice. If you're looking for professional medical advice, seek a licensed practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, go to ifm.org and look for a practitioner close to you who you can connect with. So today I'm going to talk to you about omega-3s and omega-6 and the ratio and why is it so important and how you can actually find out. So you can actually find out how inflamed you are and how you can reduce your inflammation by checking these numbers. So diet is a modifiable risk factor for cardiovascular disease. For example, that diets rich in polyunsaturated fatty acids are generally thought to be beneficial for the heart. So what are these polyunsaturated fatty acids like olive oil and avocados and things like that. And omega-3 PUFAs, they are called PUFAs, are called N3 PUFAs, are involved in multiple biological pathways. And these pathways include coagulation like blood clotting, muscle function, cellular transport, cell division and growth, all of which affect the heart tissue and heart health. So the three major omega-3 PUFAs are Eicosapentaenoic acid EPA and docosahexanoic acid DHA and alpha-linoleic acid ALA. Another omega-3 PUFA is docosapentaenoic acid. It's an intermediate metabolite formed during the interconversion of EPA and DHA. Fish oil and fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, herring, tuna are the primary dietary source of EPA and DHA. And ALA is found in plant-based foods, generally leafy green vegetables, beans, vegetable oils after ingestion. It is then converted or metabolized to EPA and then through and though very efficiently to DHA. So because of the inter-individual differences in genetic and metabolism, dietary intake of omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids may not provide reliable estimates of their concentration in the body. These differences can generate higher levels of omega-3s in some people regardless of the source of fatty acid and thus blood testing actually provides a more direct and accurate assessment of the levels of these fatty acids in the body. So the omega-3 index is actually two things. Most important, it is a risk factor for heart disease, just like cholesterol, but it's also an actual test you can take to assess your omega-3 status. And unlike a cholesterol test, you don't need a doctor to obtain an omega-3 index. In fact, most of your conventional doctors won't automatically test your omega-3 level during an annual visit, even though most people don't get sufficient amount of these nutrients from their diet. And according to National Institute of Health, NIH, risk factors are conditions or habits that make a person more likely to develop a disease. They can also increase the chances of an existing disease that will get worse. But it's not all bad. Risk factors can also be modified to slow or halt the progression of the disease and sometimes even reverse them completely. So NIH Lung and Blood Institute at the NIH lists the following risk factors for heart disease. One is high blood pressure, high blood cholesterol, 
diabetes and pre-diabetes, smoking, being overweight or obese, being physically inactive, having a family history of early heart disease, having a history of preeclampsia during pregnancy, unhealthy diet, age 55 years or older for women. The one thing that is missing from this list is the omega-3 index. Then the hypothesis of the omega-3 index as a risk factor for heart disease was first put forth in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition by Dr. Bill Harris, who co-invented the omega-3 index test. And he says that the omega-3 index fulfills many of the requirements for a risk factor, including consistent epidemiological evidence, a plausible mechanism of action, a reproducible assay, independence from classical risk factors, modifiability, and most important, the demonstration that raising levels would reduce risk for cardiac events. So in other words, it could be just as important, if not more so, than your cholesterol level. So we are constantly worried about the cholesterol level, but we rarely ever get our omega-3 index checked and some of us don't even know about that this test exists. So it is simply a measure of the amount of EPA, eicosapentaenoic acid and DHA, that is docosahexanoic acid in the blood, specifically the lead blood cell membrane. For example, if you have 64 fatty acids in a cell membrane and three are EPA and DHA, then you would have an omega-3 index of 4.6%. When you take an omega three index test it will give you the percentage so what does that mean exactly an omega-3 index of eight percent or higher is ideal and lowest risk zone however most consumers hover around six percent or below and unfortunately in the united states most people are at four percent or below the highest risk score being in the highest risk zone translates to a 90 percent higher risk of sudden cardiac death and most consumers are not familiar with this test, omega-3 index test. In fact, many of them don't even know about the health risks that are associated with low omega-3 levels. And for those who actually do understand what all this means, there's still a lot of confusion. For example, will all omega-3s raise omega-3 index? The answer is no. Only EPA and DHA omega-3s will raise the omega-3 index. ALA, alpha-linoleic acid, and other popular omega-3s found in flax and chia will have no impact on the omega-3 index. And low omega-3 levels are associated with a multitude of health issues such as heart disease, Alzheimer's, eye disease, and much more. And no matter how healthy you think you are, you should always know your number and don't guess what you call, uh, what you can test. So in fact, a study that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition has established a new way to calculate low how much omega-3 EPA DHA will be likely to be needed to reach high omega-3 index, that is 8 to 12%. So it is a standard measure for establishing one's nutritional status. And until now, there has been very little guidance about what dose of EPA and DHA should be tested in a study. And recommendations on dose from healthcare providers or other health authorities has varied widely on a global basis. The lack of consensus is likely based on wide ranges of doses or amounts of EPA and DHA that are used in the studies over several decades. With the wide differences in study in recent years, it's likely that the dose plays a central role in the relative success or failure of omega-3 studies. In other words, if the dose of EPA and DHA in a study wasn't high enough to make an impact on the blood levels, that is the index, 
there will be most likely no effect on the desired endpoint leading to a neutral or negative results. So according to Christina Harris-Jackson, PhD and registered dietitian who's author of the paper in American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, a low dose will make a study show no effect on EPA, DHA, which makes the literature more indecisive and the consumer more confused, she said, and hopefully ensuring that the dose of EPA and DHA is high enough to reach a target omega-3 index level, which clarify whether or not EPA and DHA are effective. And when it comes to cardiovascular disease, you know, that's the number one killer disease, right? In particular, the literature supporting the benefits of omega-3s, EPA and DHA has been mixed. On one hand, a 2018 meta-analysis showed that the current evidence does not support a role for omega-3s in cardiovascular disease risk reduction. On the other hand, three major randomized trials reported in late 2018 showed that omega-3s significantly reduced the risk for vascular death, myocardial infarction, and major adverse cardiovascular events. And the latter study was particularly compelling because it used 4 grams of EPA as opposed to point, usual 0.84 grams of EPA and DHA in statin-treated patients, like people who are on statin, and found 25% risk reduction in cardiovascular disease events. So how do we calculate how much omega-3 you need? So the model equation developed in the most recent paper that was published can be used to estimate the final omega-3 index of a population, given the omega-3 EPA, DHA, dose, and baseline omega-3 index. In other words, you can only calculate how much you need if you know what your baseline omega-3 level is. Mm -hmm. For example, a population of base uh, line of omega-3 index of 4.9% that is given 840 milligram of EPA DHA per day as a 1 gram ethyl ester capsule would achieve a mean omega-3 index around 6.5. So rearranging this equation, one can calculate the approximate EPA DHA of triglyceride forms to achieve a mean omega-3 index of 8% in 13 weeks. So they would require 2200 milligram of EPA and DHA for baseline omega-3 of 2%, 1500 for a baseline of 4% and 750 for a 6% baseline. If you already know your omega-3 index, you can calculate it. You can calculate how much omega-3, EPA, DHA you need by using this equation. So in our practice, we use our unique methodology COPE, which is cellular detoxification, optimization of hormones, performance nutrition, and enhanced mind mastery to help our clients get from sick and tired to wellness and vitality. And omega-quant is a feature test for all our clients who join our functional medicine programs or memberships to actually analyze the cellular wall health. As you know, the cell wall is the gateway to your cells. And if that is not strong, then you're going to get diseases that can go through the cell wall. So you want to keep that strong in every cell in your body, right? So if you are not a fish eater, you can always take the fish oil capsule, but make sure you buy a good quality fish oil capsule. Uh, you can consult your physician or a functional medicine practitioner who has knowledge about these supplements. Or you can eat fish three to four times a week 
three to four times a week is important. For vegetarian people who really don't want the fish oil even in capsule form, there are many companies which make a good quality EPA, DHA in from algae sources. So that's another option that you have. The plant-based ALA alpha linoleic acid is not very reliable because it requires a lot of steps for conversion. So that's all I have for you today. I'll talk to you again next week with another topic. Send your questions to Dr. Mini at anchorwellnesscenter.com and give us a review on iTunes and connect with, you can always check out our website, anchorwellnesscenter.com if you have any questions or you would like to book a discovery call to talk to us about your health. We'll be happy to help you. Take care and have a great, blessed rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.